the Under Center podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, and I'm joined by the newlywed, Jake Woolhead. Jake, how are you? I see you flashing that and says, sorry, ladies, he's taken. How are you, sir? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, actually. Yeah, I'm doing very well. As you see, the, the little bit of bling on the, the finger there. Uh, yeah, doing very well. Excited to be back on the show. Excited the season's coming back for me. I did watch some preseason, but only a little bit. So I am excited. Yeah. That's that's good to hear. Uh, you did time it very well. That preseason starts just as you come back from your. Uh, I think we talked about it off air. Your mini moon. Uh, the mini moon, you, yeah, yeah. A little so, little uh, trip to picturesque Venice. Very nice, very nice. You you have sold me on Venice. Um, that it is somewhere that I'm gonna have to go to. I'll tell you what, Darren. If you like cured meats and you like wine or beer, that's the best place to go. I have a deadly little sandwich shop for you to visit. Um, okay. Okay, I'm I'm into that. I'm into that. Now I was uh, in Prague there a couple of weeks ago myself for a, a stag's do, and the beer and and the food there was quite good too. So, you know, it has a believe in Prague, it's cheaper to buy a beer than to buy some water. I don't know, some bottle of water. Um, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of don't water. Imagine, to be honest. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. imagine you drank a lot of water in your uh, your time no. there. No, there wasn't. Not that you remember anyway. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> but that's the thing. The stories stay all in here. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Prague stays in Prague. Yeah, yeah definitely not going to give it away on a podcast listened no, to no. by hundreds of thousands of people, obviously. Um, oh, yes. So not just air partners and mothers. Um, but anyway. Uh, you actually mentioned their pre-season. Pre-season started last weekend, and you said you caught a bit of it. Was there any sort of stand? Was there anything that stood out to you in terms of uh, the first week of preseason? No, not really. I'm always excited to watch watch it um, until I actually put it on. Uh, but I do watch the first quarter of it because I. It's usually when you get to see the starters get a couple of reps in and. Then they put in the backups, and then the backups to the backups, and then the game gets a whole lot less interesting to me. Yeah, uh, well, there was there was some good parts to it. You know, there was some quite entertaining games. Um, most notably, actually, was the, the the Steelers and Seahawks game on Saturday night. Um, that was a game like that. I was going to maybe watch the first quarter. <sighs> I'd have pushed the first half of the game just to see how things are and to see like the epic QB battle between Locke and Smith. <laughs> but um, it was actually a very entertaining game, to be honest. It was a very entertaining game. Quite high score. Same for the whole thing. Sorry? Yeah, well, it was quite high score for a preseason game. Yeah, and exactly. In your opinion, who's winning out? Is it Locke or Smith? Who's Smith. Be the... Smith. Yeah, Smith is. Yeah. Um, Smith is, is winning out. But it's not, but it's not as if this is a battle where I'm happy with either one. Either way, we're not going to be that good this year. So it doesn't matter who who goes in. The you race know? to the bottom for us, Dara, about our teams. <laughs> <laughs> the race that nobody wants to see is going to be fantastic. But one, one actually other uh, talking point from it was the Ravens' crazy unbeaten run when it comes to preseason action. Such a weird stat, man. That's yeah, so weird. Not- Another win last week. I think it's nineteen games unbeaten. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't like it. Just doesn't make any sense. I've I've, I've been watching it. every time I, I see them play. I'm like, ooh, is this a chance to put a bet on? But like, 
you know, just the minute you put some money on the Ravens to win another game, they're just going to lose it immediately. That's it. That's it. Well, so you tell me when you're going to put a bet on to, for them to win, and I'll put the bet on to lose. I, I could do with some money now. Um, so good Dara. Yeah. So good but the one thing that happens in preseason is injuries. And injuries is a bit we've seen it in training camp itself. Injuries have happened. And then all New York Jets fans took in a big, deep breath after uh, they saw Zach Wilson go down on his first sort of scramble play. Um, it wasn't his first play. Injury, yeah, yeah non-contact injury. The knee that gave him trouble last year that caused him to miss a couple of games. And it was feared that he uh, actually, I think, ruptured his ACL. But thankfully, it wasn't that serious. He had a surgery on Tuesday. And they expect him to make a 100% recovery. It's not as bad as first fear. I think it's two to four weeks is the timeline yeah, or something Jesus. like that. So. Imagine being a Jets fan. You just immediately see your season gone down the Swanee yet again. And then to find out the news that he's only going to miss maybe one to two games of the regular season. So yeah, who's the well, backup? Look, is it still Mike White there? Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. Of Joe course. Flacco is Flacco, of course. Yeah. And the first game? Against the Ravens. It's the Ravens. I know that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should have just pieced them two together. I already knew yeah. the Ravens. Were, yeah. The Joe Flacco revenge game. But look, like you were saying, I say Jets fans were thinking their season was in the swan already because they had already lost Mackay Becton to the season through a, a training camp injury. And he, they had just moved his position as well. He was left tackle. They moved him to right tackle to help him to hopefully maybe ease on the injury concerns. But unfortunately, he went down for the year and, like we've seen the likes of Ryan Jensen and in, in uh, Tampa, I think Tampa two backup, players. The backup center again in, in in the Buccaneers camp have gone down with an ACL as well. So that's two centers gone down. Yeah, um, I think there was two Steelers players that uh, got injuries there at the weekend. That their season's already done. Um, you know, it is the danger. It is the danger. And you still always weigh up that stuff. Like, do you play your starters in the preseason? But they need game reps to get ready for the season. I'm all for more playing time for people because I think that injuries like this are just, they're compounded by you're basically going to 100% speed in game time from nothing, from just practice. Yeah. So I think the more 100% speed they get, the better. And it's kind of a, a shit time for everybody because... There's a, like you got a 90 man roster at this stage. You have to cut it down to what 89, and then just a sheer amount of NFL players in the league at the minute. The statistics for the ACLs go up because obviously there's so many more players, but you just hate to see big names go down. You hate to see anybody really go down with an ACL or a season engine ending injury. Yeah, I think like that, that the first preseason game, especially, is great to see the rookie class come out, and we've seen that with. Um, a few of the QBs, we sent out a poll during the week to see which QB had the best debut. You know, Desmond Ritter throwing the the winning touchdown in the game against the Lions. Kenny Pickett, you know, leading the Steelers to a second-half victory over the Seahawks. You had um, Sam Howell uh, play quite well for the Commanders. And Malik Willis showing what he can eventually do, given some time in the league as well. So, and then also, obviously, it's not just about QBs. You know, you, you saw George Pickens score a fantastic touchdown as well in that game. Um, there was a few Seahawks to the Malik Willis thing. Mm -hmm. I just keep seeing a lot of Lamar Jackson question, like interviewed, and a lot of him asking, being asked about Malik Willis. Do you think it's just because they're very similar play styles, kind of, or? What is it? Like, it just seems to happen all... I've seen it just all last mobile. week. Any, any mobile quarterback. 
is is going to get the comparison to Lamar Jackson because he's the most successful, yeah. um, you know, it's the most successful um mobile okay. quarterback we have at the moment. Um, yeah, so fair enough. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that's what it is. And, but we'll see with Malik as well. You know, he didn't go in the draft where people thought he was going to go. People had him like as a pick number five, and he didn't go until I think it was the third round in the end to the Titans. So we'll see. He's not a day one starter right away. But hey, look, it's definitely the Titans are looking to the future when Ryan Tannehill's time is going to eventually come to an end there. Um, but we're not just going to talk about the preseason in this one. We're actually going to start our look at the state of the divisions, you could say. Um, we're going to have a look at uh, all eight divisions um, in uh, from both conferences, and we're going to see what, what the lay of the land is like with the teams there. Uh, we're going to do a week by week. This week, we're going to start on the west side of the country, so we're going to be looking at the AFC West and the NFC West, which is great news for me because I have to talk about how the Seahawks are going to be irrelevant this year. So that's just fantastic. And in the first part, I have to talk about our, our former quarterback. So look, win-win for Dara at the start. <laughs> You're so lucky that your team is in this moment of, uh, well, a downswing, let's say, Dara. You get to experience all that it is to be a shit team and join <laughs> me down here in the trenches. And Fionn as well. Um, yeah. We're well, also look, lucky. Obviously, Fionn's not here and he just thinks because he got a, a quarterback that has good stats, he thinks that uh, he thinks he's going to win everything in the NFC yeah. this year. Are you talking about Sam Hill? Or are you talking about Carson Wentz? Because Carson. by all, all accounts, his training camp has not been pretty. No, I've heard it. I've heard the same thing as well. But I do find it interesting that like he, he's in favor of bringing Carson Wentz in, because um, of the stat, because of his stats. Uh, pr- he says prove that he's a better player than he actually is. But he gives a lot of shit to Derek Carr because he's just yeah. a stat guy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, w- I really wish we had to hold this talk off for the NFC East showdown because that's just going to really rile him up. And I really want to see that. Fiona, I know you're probably watching or listening right now and I'm not sorry for saying it. <laughs> not sorry he's thrown enough it. shit on Russell Wilson before. Oh, so. he's thrown enough shit on the Seahawks and stuff. Yeah, he should, Russell Wilson falling off the cliff last year was his thing mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm going to say Carson Wentz is the Derek Carr of the commanders now. So we'll yeah, just see. Yeah. That's what it's going yeah. to be. But, Perform but, adequately enough. But anyway, let's, that's, that's let's it. But that's not all we have in store for you today on the show. We're also going to be talking to uh, Tyg Leader, of course, um, our Irish kicker, um, and also spent a bit of time over in the CFL. Um, but we're going to be talking to him about Ireland's Kicking King, um, the a competition that he's running in association with College Football Ireland and Erlingus to try and find the next uh, NFL kicker to come out of Ireland. A uh, great competition in store in various locations leading up to the college football game in a couple of weeks' time in the Aviva. So we'll be talking to him a little bit about that. We're also going to be um, showing you an interview I had a couple of weeks ago with Lopez Sanuzi. Um, if you remember the name, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Lopez has been selected to go to the NFL Academy in Lockborough in England. The first Irish player ever to be selected for the NFL Academy. Uh, played for the Belfast Trojans uh, just this past season. So I got to catch up with him after the Shamrock Ball. And we'll show you that interview um, during this show as well. But let's, uh, 
let's get right into the divisions. Like I said, we're going to start with the AFC West. Um, so how does it work? We were going to give five minutes per team, but there's only the two of us here tonight, so we'll probably shorten that time a little bit. We'll see how things go. Um, like I said, we'll start in the AFC West, and first up, we're going to start actually with the AFC West champs, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they've had a lot of uh, well, they've had a lot of ins and outs, but it's also been quite a quiet off season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, they've lost uh, Tyreek Hill, which is a huge blow. They've lost a few other um, backup receivers and Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, but they brought in the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, and also... <laughs> I nailed it first go. I was so happy with that. It's going to be MVS for the rest of it now. And they, of course, drafted uh, Sky Moore in the second round, who by all accounts has been having an excellent training camp too. Um, but... <laughs> you say that he had... Go on, sorry, go on. sorry, sorry. I, I know did, you didn't just fart on air, did you? No, I dropped a coin. Yeah, that's what the they table. all say. That's what they all say. It was a say. Let- we far too loud. I'd have serious <laughs> problems if that was a fence. <laughs> but anyway, uh, losing Hill is obviously a huge blow. Like I said, they've had to retool the, the wide receiver position. They still have the Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the NFL. Um, the vets like Juju and MVS are going to help, especially with Sky Moore being the rookie. Um, like I said, oh, by all reports, he's having a fantastic camp. But Jake, uh, what have you felt with the moves in this uh, off season from the Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs? Sorry, specifically uh, on the offense. You uh, you mentioned that it was a, a quiet off season for the Kansas City Chiefs, but then also right after that, mentioned that they just lost their biggest, most expensive wide receiver probably in the league. I don't know where his contract lies, but I would say that is pretty big news and it is a pretty big loss. But when I say quiet, I mean like the Tyree kill thing is huge. Obviously it's a big blow to lose Tyree kill, but I mean like that Tyreek news happened very quickly. Like the news broke that he's uh, available to look for a trade. And then two days later, the trade to Miami was done. There was none of this dragging on. There was no, there was not like they're not in the news every day. They're just getting on with their stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was a pretty big loss to them, I think, because he, he really fit that exact mold that the Chiefs really wanted to use him in. And obviously, as talented as he is, is going to be a big loss. But again, when you talk about a team like the Chiefs, who's leading the helm, Patrick Mahomes, does it really matter? You add someone like Juju uh, Schmidt-Schuster, who is a fairly talented receiver, and then Sky Moore and stuff like that. Um, it's certainly, I'm not worried about them. Can't really be worried about them when you have someone like that team, the play call and the coaching and stuff. It's a team that you're always going to be scared of. Yeah. And uh, there is one part of the offense that I still think that hasn't been addressed addressed, and I worry about, and that's a running back position. They're continuing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, the baby Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of this. He's <laughs> by dynasty. He's, he's had, <laughs> he's, if he's on your dynasty team, you know more than others the amount of games he's missed. Um, and, and at times how ineffective he can be too. He seems to... He goes through these purple patches where he's he's getting you multiple points in games, but then he'll have other games where you don't see anything. And, you know, their depth is still quite questionable as well. They still have Jerry McKinnon there. They've also gotten Ronald Jones in the offseason from Tampa Bay, someone that 
didn't same as Clyde Edwards Hilaire had decent patches, but wasn't a that consistent running back that you need. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, uh, he was holding my team up when he played, but when he wasn't playing, it was uh, kind of shit. But um, yeah, I mean, they just don't seem to use him as effectively as maybe they could have, or maybe they just have so many tools on that team that you don't really need to force a ball into a, a running back's hands like a lot of other teams need to do to take the, the ball out of the quarterback's hands maybe, but see how it goes for them. Yeah. And on defense, uh, a lot of chopping changing as well. We've seen uh, Jaron Reed, Tyron Matthew, um, Daniel Sorensen all leave the team, just to name a few. Um, they brought in, obviously, the likes of, uh, they got uh, just... Was it Justin? Yeah, Justin Reed from the Texans. They've uh, they've drafted another safety as well to help with that too. They of course um, drafted the cornerback Trent McDuffie in the first round with one of their first round picks. And the other with their other first first round pick, they got um, George Khalifas, uh, who's the Carl defensive end. Carl Aftis, sorry. Um, so they are retooling a few things on the defense too. So. Um, because they were caught a little bit cold, I think, in the defense, especially like in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals, that their def their defense wasn't able to sort of deal with the the sky bombardment that the likes of Burrow and Chase gave to them. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I think their team motto maybe last year and the year before was if we score on every single offensive drive, our defense doesn't need to do anything. So I feel like that's what they had planned. That's what went for them. But then obviously when it came down to the important games, they hadn't got enough tools on defense to stop another explosive offense like the Bengals. So um, certainly losing a player like Tyron Matthew, but then you replace him with Justin Reed, who is maybe not as good, but still, fairly talented player and then drafting George Karlaftis and stuff, it's going to help and I'm not sure, is Spagnuolo there, still their defensive yep, coordinator? he's still there, yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems, like, I, he, I liked him on the Giants, I thought he was a decent defensive coordinator so if he can keep, if he can bring back a defense into a strong uh, strong position or even average, above average, the team is probably going to do fairly well again. Yeah, and this is the thing with the team too, that Especially, I know with the moves that other teams have made that we've gotten into in that division, I still feel that the, the you have Patrick Mahomes, you're still going to be the team to beat in this division, and um, I think that yeah, I think it's going to take a lot to to dethrone them as the AFC West champions. Um, but I will move on. Uh, we'll move on to the team vying to go from worst to first in the division, and that's the Denver Broncos. Uh, of course, they finished their record last year, um, seven and ten. Uh, we have, of course, Russell Wilson coming in as part of that big trade from the Broncos. They've also added some stuff on defense too, with the likes of Randy Gregory, DJ Jones, Kawan Williams coming in as well. They've lost a few in terms of, especially with that big trade with the likes of Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Drew Locke, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan has left. Um, they uh, drafted probably one of the more interesting defensive linemen or outside linebackers in uh, Nick Bonito as well in the draft. But um, before I get into it, Jake, I'll let you start on this one. The Denver Broncos, how are you feeling about them this year? I'm certainly feeling a lot better than I was about them last year. I, I never had any faith in, in Drew Locke or whatever else they trot out there at, at certain points throughout the year. Um 
big move, big balls going for Russell Wilson. And, and as much as Fionn likes to argue that he's fallen off a cliff, he's still better than probably the top 20 quarterbacks in the league at the minute um, on a bad day. So uh, certainly looking better. They've got a lot of offensive weapons. They've got decent offensive play calling. I think Pat Shurmur is their offensive coordinator who was quite good as an offensive coordinator on the Giants. Um, yeah, I think they also had, what was it, Randy Gregory, the defense man from the Cowboys. Yeah. That's going to be another big one, the big signing for them just to even hold up the defensive end, even though the offense is going to be where the focus is for this team now. Yeah, just to let you know that Pat Shurmur is not the defensive coordinator anymore. <clears throat> uh, offensive coordinator, is he? Offensive who is now? Uh, Justin Oton. Okay, well then I have no idea how that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had that name in my entire life. Shermer was the offensive coordinator when uh, Thick Banjo was still in charge. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Because Nathaniel Hackett now is a rookie. The uh, Packers for... offense coordinator yeah. is the head coach there now, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm still not too worried about it. I'm sure it's uh, when you have a top quality at quarterback and some weapons like the Broncos do, um, the team's got to be all right. Yeah. Well, my view, and we'll just... We'll just sit back and get ready for this. <laughs> hey, Adam, no, popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but seriously, um, Denver thought that all they were missing was a quarterback, and that's why they went after Russell Wilson. And for all those intentions, I believe that's true as well. They they were they do have a very um, talented uh, attacking core of the likes of Sutton and Judy, and they had Noah Fant, but um, I can't remember the name of the the, the backup. Um, tight end for the life of me, but I think they, they're very happy to have him there instead of Fant anyway. So they have Russell Wilson. Um, now I know I know more than most um, <laughs> that the type of player that they're getting, but it's not just the player that they're getting. I think that's what some people are forgetting. It's this new scheme that they're going to be getting because Russ is going to play the way Russ always has played. Uh, I don't think that's going to change, and I think as well with a rookie head coach trying not to upset everything straight away i think he'll lean into what more russ wants to do um if you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago i got the chance to speak to nfl film analyst um alex rollins um we spoke about like russ coming into a new team with a rookie head coach um is not a situation i particularly like um Hackett will allow Russ, like I said, to do what he wants. And what I feel is for the first eight games, uh, like first half of the season, Russ is going to be fantastic. I do believe that. I think he is going to actually do very well with the Broncos. Um, It's what we've seen the last couple of years with the Seahawks as well. They start hot. um, And Russ is on track to get his first MVP, MVP vote ever because that's the narrative that he's never gotten an MVP vote. Um, but then it comes to the second half of the year when teams start to f- figure out what he's doing. They throw those two high safeties in and he struggles. Mostly because he doesn't like hitting the middle of the field. <laughs> he doesn't. He likes hitting it outside those numbers. The The thing is, I, I obviously I still believe he's going to win games in Denver, but the thing that I have an issue is, is a lot of people are putting Denver down as either an AFC championship team or to the other extent, a Super Bowl team already. They're already booking their flights for Arizona in February. And I don't think that is the case. Um, 
I still, like I said, think he's going to get wins. I think he's going to probably get double the wins that the whole Seahawks team is going to get this coming year. <laughs> but I just feel when he comes up against those greater defenses that know how to deal with him, I think he's going to struggle. Um, and I think that we will see what we've seen the last few years. Just an interesting one here, just like since 2014, Russ has only won three playoff games for for a team with the Seahawks with the Seahawks that were in the playoffs every year apart from the last from two apart from two years uh, since 2014 so um and those wins were against the Minnesota Vikings in a game that was 10-9 in that like ice game if you remember that um against the Lions and then against the Eagles that were led by Josh McCown um I just, I just, I don't think it's talked about that Russ has had a lot of struggles recently against decent defenses, and I think that's going to be their undoing at the end of it. I said like they'll probably, they'll probably come second in division, have enough for a playoff wild card maybe, and I don't know if they'll get past the wild card round. But I just, I just think that Russ's greatest strength can turn into his weakness as well because that's what he wants to do all the time. That's that's just my point of view. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think it's going to take them like this year. I, I'm not; it's not right off as such, but I certainly don't think they're going to the end here. So, um, I I do think that they're probably going to have to play up this year and accept that they're going to probably finish. May maybe get through the wildcard round if they're very lucky, and otherwise they're just going to have to wait till next year and try draft something, to figure out what the missing piece from the this coming year will be. Yeah, I look, um they are going to have a difficult decision as well because they might play this year, but then Russ will only have one year left on his current deal after that. And Russ won't go into the final year without having a new contract. So then it'll be up to the Broncos if they're going to give that money. We're talking about 50 million a year to Russ, who will be 34, 35 at that stage. Um, And if he still shows the same trend are you going down the same road where he's going to struggle that he did in Seattle? Then the Broncos are going to have to make a decision. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't see them not paying them for kind of everything that they've had to do to acquire him. And but maybe if he has one year left and he's played pretty decent, the quarterback needy team will overpay for him again, like the Broncos probably did too. <laughs> you talking about the Giants now, are you? No, God, no, I don't want Russell Wilson. <laughs> Do I want to be set back again? No, thank you. No, but like of this shite. Yeah. Like I said, I like I like I mentioned through it, they're still gonna win games. They're still gonna win a lot more games than Seattle will, and they're still probably going to win enough games to make it to the playoffs. I just don't get the talk of AFC championship or Super Bowl. That's that's just my issue with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, with you. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But uh, we'll move on, and we're going to move on to Fion's favorite quarterback and his team, the L. I was going to say L.A. Sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, of course, they had an interesting year last year, making it to the playoffs and losing in the wildcard round to the Bengals. They, of course, brought Devontae Adams in with that massive trade with the uh, Green Bay Packers, as well as bringing in, of course, veteran pass rusher Chandler Jones. They have uh, they they did not draft until the third round this year in the draft, and they brought in uh, 
in the third round especially they brought in running back uh, Zamir White who by all accounts has been very exciting so far in training camp with them um you know Derek Karen Adams reunited from college new coach McDaniels uh, like we mentioned had a few draft picks they brought in a lot of players with free agency um and a lot of what you call probably the journeyman uh players you know players that are just there to just fill a hole for a year or two because of the lack of draft picks that they've had um, the attacking trio, of course, of Waller, Adams, and Renfro is always going to be dangerous. Um, but ha- at the moment in the depth chart rankings, uh, Josh Jacobs is still ranked as the RB1, which I probably don't think is going to stay like that for long, especially with Kenyon Drake there. And like I mentioned, Samir White, I think that they will probably push up and we'll see maybe Jacobs probably, um, Jacobs reps probably and go down as the season wears on. A little warning for you fantasy owners if you haven't done your draft yet. Um, on defense, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are going to be very fun together. They're going to be very, very fun. Um, but in the backfield, I have a lot of issues. Uh, I think that, uh, especially with the likes of Jonathan Abrams, I am ready to kind of put him in the bust category. I don't think he's performed too well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have... One, they have a, was it Trevor Moore and Mooring uh, in the other safety position who is in the second year. I think he's going to actually play quite well. Um, but I think, yeah, the backfield needs work. The def- the defensive line is going to be fun. And then on offense, of course, with, with Derek Carr. I know, like, Jake, you're not his biggest fan. Fiona's definitely not his biggest fan. But I don't have a problem with it. I, I think Carr is fine. Um, I think we talked about it in our a group chat that he is the new like Andy Dalton scale <laughs> um, of like mediocre quarterbacks. Like he's fine. Like if there's no one else out there and you're not going and you don't want to like trade away your future to get uh, one of the franchise guys, like Derek Carr is fine to have around. Yeah, but you there. Like I mean, he's fine, but do you want fine a quarterback? No, like. Fine is what you have when your main quarterback goes down. You want fine. You want someone who's not going to lose you games for the most part. Derek Carr is not going to lose you a game, but he's been on that Raiders team since well, I don't know how long. Fucking fifteen years or twelve years, whatever it may be. At this time, it's far too long for a quarterback to have virtually no success and still be on the team. But I'll give them this. This year they said, "Fuck it, we're going to give him what he needs. We're going to give him Devontae Adams. We're going to give him." Uh, keep him um, Darren Waller and we're going to keep um, Hunter Renfro and then see what he can do finally with some some better players around him and, and as you, you mentioned there are the journeyman kind of uh, veterans that they signed but I think they're not necessarily a bad idea because it's a lot of time that can be quality depth when your main running back goes down or your main defensive lineman goes down. You have a, a half decent guy who needs to come in and, and spell it, spell him for a couple of plays. So I think at least they're they're kind of building something around them more so than they've had maybe in recent years. Um, but certainly that defense needs a little bit of a look. That's going to be a, a worrisome one. I know that Pat uh, or Pat Graham is the defensive coordinator now he was the defensive coordinator of the Giants last year and he's quite good although he does have a very bend don't break and he's he's a lot of soft and it's doesn't often suit it's infuriating to watch because it'll take maybe five minutes or ten minutes to get up the field and in the end they just score a field goal but it's just wasting so much time 
on defense. But if you have a more explosive offense, maybe if the, the, the Raiders can get up the field and score some more points now with more firepower, then it's going to look a lot better for them. Yeah, I agree with that. And the thing is with the Raiders, out of the four teams in this division, they, they are the hardest for me to evaluate and what could happen with them. Like, they could finish first, they could finish fourth. They can finish in any of those positions. Um, with the other teams, you're kind of like, well, I don't think they're going to be last in the division, if you know what I mean. I think, like, someone is going to have to finish, of course, last in this division this season. Crazy to think, because if you look at all four rosters, they're really good rosters. They would probably win most divisions if they were in any other <laughs> division. But it's just how stacked the AFC West has become in this offseason alone. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on the Raiders. Um and see how things are going there. Like I said, like you were mentioning, they give him Devontae Adams maybe this year and next year, and then we'll see what they have. If nothing's coming on, then they might, because they're in Vegas as well, they want to make that big splash and make that big um, trade for a quarterback because obviously the year after this coming season, the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. So I'm sure they'd love to be going to a home Super Bowl. So if that means they have to go after one of the big quarterbacks, I'm sure they would. Sorry, excuse me. I'm sure they would give it a try. Yeah, come here. If Derek Carr still can't get it done with all these tools, um, it's time to let him go. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. He's done absolutely average to above average, and that's not what you need. Yeah. And finally, on the AFC West side of things, and probably not the team that we think will finish last, at least I I don't think they'll finish last in the division, is the LA Chargers. Uh, they, fit, of course, didn't make the playoffs famously last year. They lost um, in game week 18 against the Raiders for them to go to uh, the playoffs and not the Chargers. They've had a busy offseason as well, bringing in the likes of Khalil Mack with that trade from Chicago. JC Jackson, one of the highest free agents in or the best free agent, sorry, this past offseason. Uh, interesting enough, they brought in Gerald Everett, the tight end as well, um, just to name a few. Um, not many left uh, of note. Uh, they've lost Troy Reader, um, Yuchenna Uwosu. Um, they brought in uh, some really good depth as well when it comes to, especially on, on the line with Zion, Willie, Zion Johnson, I should say, uh, with their first round pick. Uh, they got JT Woods, the safety, in the third round. And they've got a new backup for Austin Eckler in the, in the form of Isaiah Spiller uh, in the fourth round as well. So the big issue for them last year that they had to address was the run. Defending the run especially because teams ran over them last year. And they could not do anything to stop it. So the likes of Khalil Mack coming in here. They also brought in Sebastian Joseph Day and Kyle Van Noy to help things in the run game which is huge. Of course, JC Jackson, like we mentioned, get one of the most well-paid cornerbacks in the uh, league. There's still question marks over Derwin James because he is holding out at the moment looking for a new contract, so we still have to wait and see how that pans out. Hopefully, they can get everything sorted out on uh, on that for them. On offense, um, of course, Justin Herbert just takes another step forward here. Uh it's just, if you've seen the pictures, I don't know if you saw the pictures in the offseason of like his transformation. Like each no. year, it looks like he puts on about like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Of muscle yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, I can do that too, but that's that's just fat in one city. You know? Same, yeah. <laughs> I, know. I gain 10% of muscle every year, but it's 20% fat as well. Yeah. <laughs> 
like I said, they drafted uh, Isaiah Spiller to back up uh, Austin Eckler after Justin Jackson um, moved on. I think he went to the Lions, actually, in the end. Um, more building blocks on that O-line. Mike Williams um, gets his deal, so he stays alongside Keenan Allen in that wide receiver position. The Gerald Everett acquisition is interesting to me because he can be a very, very good tight end. His problem is he drops the ball <laughs> um, and he doesn't he doesn't make the easy catches sometimes. I think he, like like that. And look, we both played, we both know where you've already thought about cutting the ball, catching the ball in your head, and you're already running off field, and then you've realized that the ball's fallen on the ground. So I think that's that's a problem that he if he can sort that out, he is going to be a vital piece for um the Chargers this season, and of course, like men, I should mention Brandon Staley and his second year in charge as head coach as well. So, um, he's held in such high regards by the Charger fan base too, and and Charger media as well. So, um, we'd be looking for him to take another step forward. But Jake, your thoughts on the Chargers heading into this season? Yeah, the Chargers won them teams that I just thought had one of the most ideal off seasons that you could have asked for for any of the teams. They they recognized the weakness and they attacked it with um depth signings draft um big names they got Khalil Mack I think it was very cheap that trade I can't remember what it was but for a player of his uh stature if it was I very remember cheap remember correctly was it a second and a fifth or something like you know, that something maybe? so ridiculous that didn't yeah. make any sense um but they they recognize as you said they were weak in the run they got him they got uh Kyle Van Noy as you said then they beefed up the secondary with JC Jackson, one of the better cornerbacks in the league currently. Um, we all know that the Chargers could score on offense, but now they have a defense to to back up the like when they eventually have to end up playing the the Chiefs or someone high scoring as well. Now they have a defense that can really slow them down and put the brakes on them. Yeah, and uh, just then on the other side, obviously Justin Herbert, as you said, he just seems to get takes leaps and bounds every year. So. Um, just excited. They're like probably the most exciting team to look out for because they're nearly they're not an unknown entity, but they're just they're unknown in the fact that they they have so much to improve on now. Yeah, and again, like that, I think there there is you know we do have to be a little wary about the the charges as well because in similar to the Broncos, how I explained that, that I think some people are you know, already booking their ticket to Arizona for the Super Bowl. We thought that last year with the Chargers, they didn't make it out of the AFC West. So, you know, I think that this is going to have to be a stage thing for, for especially for Justin Herbert, who I don't believe he's played a playoff game. He didn't in his first year, did he? No, I don't think he has. No, no, he didn't. He, he definitely obviously didn't last year either. Um, So I think that even just getting to a playoff game, giving him that experience is going to be vital for possibly the next year after that, because I'd assume, because that would be his fourth year. So after this season, he'd be eligible, I think, for an extension. But I think they'll wait until the year after um, to see what happens before he gets an extension. And God only knows the sort of money he's going to be getting from the church in about <laughs> two years' time. It's going to be huge. We all know it's yeah. going to be huge. But like, it can't be record-breaking above Mahomes or something unless he ends up winning the Super Bowl beforehand. It doesn't matter. It's all about next person up gets the money. It doesn't matter whether or not he's won the Super Bowl. 
I think yeah. Well, I don't think he's beating that re- that uh, contract. I don't think anyone is until you it's uh, with the with how much the cap is projected to go up next year alone, and then maybe yeah. we'll see what happens the year after that. Maybe I don't know. I just don't see them unless he has proven more. Um, as we said, we don't think he's won a playoff game. So if he still hasn't done that by the time his contract extension is, can you really justify giving him that much money? Well, maybe you can, I suppose. Possibly, possibly not, possibly not. But um, I think uh, I think that's a good place to end the first part of actually the show. Uh, that is the AFC West covered very quickly, Jake. I'm asking you here on the spot, so think quickly. Your order of who's winning the division one to four. Okay, hang on. I don't actually know them off the top of my head, so can you list them out and I'll tell you? <laughs> okay, so with the four teams we just talked about, the Chargers, the Broncos, the, Ra- the Raiders, and the Chiefs. Uh, I'll go I'll go Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Broncos fourth? Ooh. Just, uh, oh. I don't think it's going to go as well for them as they planned. I know it, it's either boom or buzz for them, so... It could be a bit boom, I think. Did I get into your head with my Russell Wilson doubts? You may have swayed me a little Did bit. I? may have Did swayed I? me. I was on the defense <laughs> at the start of the podcast, and now I've fallen into your camp, I think. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and uh, Raiders, I think. I think Raiders, I'm yeah. Go with that. I'm going to go with Derek Carr, keeping you almost interested enough to keep that, keep them. <laughs> Keep him feeling pissed off more than that. Not how is he doing this? <laughs> uh, we are going to take, but like I said, we're going to wrap this part. We're going to take a quick break. Um, well, actually, what we're going to do instead of going on a break, we're actually going to um show you the our interview that uh, we got to have with Lopez Sanuzi. Uh, of course, with the Belfast Trojans selected to go to the NFL Academy in Lockborough. Um, obviously looking ahead, possibly, hopefully, with one of the big colleges in America and then maybe the NFL after that. Who knows? But I got to catch up with him um, after the uh, Shamrock Bowl for a little chat about um, how the process will be now going over to the Academy and when he heard about the call. So uh, check out the interview here and we'll be back after it and we'll be talking about the NFC West. 